Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Mapper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story this evening to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. The case I'm covering this time around is particularly very disturbing, so I will give you a warning that we'll be discussing some truly horrific events that involve children. Anatoly Moskovin is a 55-year-old man from Russia with a twisted obsession with dolls, but not just any kind of doll and certainly not the kind of doll you might find at a toy shop. He was a body snatcher, a grave robber, who would steal the bodies of deceased children and then turn them into dolls that he kept at his home. We'll talk about who this disturbed individual is, how he got away with it for so long before being arrested, and updates in the case that could see him released from prison soon. So because this story happened in Russia, 
There are going to be a lot of names of people and places that I'll try my very best to pronounce properly, but you're gonna have to excuse me if I get it wrong. Some of these are really tough to say. Anatoly Moskvin was born on September 1st, 1966 in Nizhny Novgorod, which is Russia's fifth largest city. He was an only child, he was described as incredibly smart, and it was even thought that his level of intelligence was to be that of a genius. He was one of the highest achieving students in his class. As with many other highly intelligent people, his parents described him as socially awkward and very quiet when he was a young child. He had a difficult time engaging with children his own age, so he would spend most of his time by himself reading. He would even teach himself to speak different languages in his spare time. When Anatoly was around nine years old, in the third grade, something traumatic would happen to him that would completely change his demeanor. It's alleged that while he was walking home from school, a man approached him, dragged him out of sight, and sexually assaulted him. He would never tell his parents, or anyone else for that matter, until much later in life when he was around 50 years old. Still, his parents noticed a drastic change in his behavior. Their meek and mild son turned into an angry child who would experience violent outbursts. His parents had no idea why he had changed, but instead of getting him any sort of help, they kind of backed off and left him to deal with his emotions all on his own. We often hear of this happening when speaking of individuals who grow up to do terrible things. There are usually instances or traumatic events that have occurred in their childhood for which they never get any help. I have two children of my own and it makes my heart ache to think of something so horrific happening to a child and then them not being able to turn to their parents for help and healing and comfort. It's clear now that this was a big factor contributing to some of the events that would happen later on in life. As a schoolboy, Anatoly often enjoyed hanging out in cemeteries with his friends. He claims that he was always very interested in the dead and anything to do with death, including burial rituals and the occult. There was one incident in particular that he claims had a huge impact on him and really fueled his interest. According to Anatoly, when he was just 13 years old, he was stopped by a group of people wearing black suits while on his way home from school. They were attending a funeral procession for an 11-year-old girl. He claims that the group dragged him over to the body lying in the coffin, and an adult who was standing beside him forced him to kiss the dead girl's face, literally pushing his face down to kiss her forehead which is incredibly disturbing to think about, and it must have been another traumatic event in his life. He said at the time that there was nothing that he could do but to kiss her as he was ordered, and he believes this kiss is really what started it all. He also said that in some really strange ritual, the girl's mother put wedding rings on his and the dead girl's fingers. He would write all about his experience in a local publication discussing the dead. I don't know how accurate this is, if this really happened, or if this is some sort of fantasy that maybe he made up in his head, but if it's true, it's pretty messed up. 
As a young adult, he attended Moscow State University, where he studied philology, which is the study of literature and language, and he specialized in Celtic history. He threw himself completely into his studies and spent much of his time alone with his nose in his books. He didn't date, he didn't attend college parties, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke. He mostly lived a secluded life, still at home with his parents, all through university and into his adult years after graduation. And even though he lived in his parents' house, they mostly avoided him as well, instead choosing to travel and spend time away from the home. Those who knew Anatoly at this time described him as being both a genius and an eccentric, with his personal library of over 60,000 books and documents related to anything and everything involving death. And it's true, he really was a genius. He spoke 13 different languages, and he would write many different books and papers that were well-known amongst his academic colleagues. Because of his vast knowledge and interest in basically everything relating to death, many times he would be asked by local newspapers to contribute to their publications when they had any topics related to the deceased. And in fact, Anatoly dubbed himself as a necropolist, basically an expert on cemeteries and the dead. In one instance, between 2005 and 2007, Anatoly was hired to list the dead of more than 700 different cemeteries all across the region, which was right up his alley. He would visit 752 different cemeteries where he would basically live while he was working there. Seriously, he would eat, sleep, drink, exist in these cemeteries the whole time that he worked, and say if he happened to see a vacant coffin lying around, one that would be later used for a funeral but was empty at that moment, he would sleep in it. It didn't bother him at all, and in fact, he thoroughly enjoyed it. Of course, people started to notice that he was spending so much time at these cemeteries, and they found it really weird. The police were even called to investigate a few times because people thought that perhaps he was vandalizing the grave sites, but all he had to do was to show the police his accreditation and he was off the hook. He was there to do a job after all. He would be approached several times by the police because locals began to notice that the graves of their loved ones were being dug up. It appeared as if there were a grave robber on the loose, and really, no one spent more time in cemeteries than Anatoly. But again, his accreditations always set him free. He also regularly contributed to a publication called Necrologies, a weekly paper that publishes obituaries and stories about cemeteries and famous dead people. Some of his headlines were, Great Walks Around Cemeteries, and What the Dead Said. The editor of Necrologies would later say that sometimes he felt uncomfortable or hesitant to publish some of his articles, particularly the ones that would further discuss the 11-year-old deceased girl that he had been forced to kiss when he was 13. From the way that the articles were written, it sounded as if Anatoly really felt like the pair were married, and he would go into great detail about the love that he felt for her. This maybe could have, should have been a red flag, that something was not right here, but the editor just brushed it off. He would later say that Anatoly was a loner who had certain quirks, but he gave no indication that he was up to anything unusual. But Anatoly was hiding secrets, 
and they were about to be revealed on November 2nd, 2011, when he was detained by the police on suspicion of vandalizing a gravesite. This resulted in the police searching Anatoly's apartment, and what they would find would shock them and the community as a whole. They entered the small apartment and discovered the unit completely cluttered with clothing and dresses. There were piles of books and papers all over the floor. Actually, the piles were so high that you couldn't even find where the floor was. And then they saw large life-sized dolls, or what they thought to be dolls initially. Figures of little girls lying around the apartment that were the size of real-life children. Some of them were lying on top of the books, some of them were lying on furniture, and all were wearing brightly colored clothing. One of the girl dolls was wearing a knitted hat, a purple sweater, white tights, and white shoes. She was sitting up in a corner with her legs crossed. There was another doll across the room with curly blonde hair, wearing a silk wedding dress with a long veil. All of them had this beige fabric pulled across their face and painted eyes. And the police would soon discover that all of these dolls were in fact mummified human remains of children, the youngest being only three years old and the oldest being around 19 years old. In total, 26 bodies that had been robbed from their graves, preserved, and dressed as dolls would be recovered from the apartment. Some of them even had music boxes placed inside their chests that would ring out when the police picked them up. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. 
Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Along with the dolls, police discovered nameplates taken from different headstones, maps of various cemeteries, and instructions for making these dolls from the bodies. For this reason, police believed that while only 26 bodies would be discovered in the apartment, it's likely that Anatoly had robbed many more. When interviewed back at the police station, he admitted that he made these dolls over the course of 10 years, and while technically he had shared the apartment with his parents, apparently they were completely clueless about what these dolls actually were. His 83-year-old mother, Elvira, would say, quote, We saw these dolls, but we did not suspect there were dead bodies inside. We thought it was his hobby to make such big dolls and did not see anything wrong with it. While his neighbors would often note a sickly sweet smell wafting from his apartment, they never suspected that he could ever do such a thing. He was quiet. He kept to himself. But they also said that he was always very respectful whenever they crossed paths. When asked why he would do such unthinkable acts to the dead, he said that he had always wanted to have a family, and at one point he had even attempted to adopt a child, but he was denied because he didn't make enough income. And I think we can all be thankful for that, that this man was not able to get his hands on a living child. He denied having any sexual attraction to these child dolls, and he said that he felt like they were his own children. Anatoly also stated that he had decided to take these little girls from their graves because he felt like their parents had abandoned them, and so he felt sorry for them. He wanted to give them a home, and he wanted to preserve their bodies until the science caught up where they could actually be brought back to life from the dead at some point. To him, he was taking care of these little girls, not doing any actual harm. In court, he would say to the victim's parents, You abandoned your girls. I brought them home and warmed them up. 
To find these children, he would look through the obituaries. If he came across an obituary that connected with him in some way, he would visit the gravesite of the child and actually sleep on the grave. He believed that by doing this, he would know whether or not the spirit of that child wished to be brought back to life. According to Anatoly, he had these children's full permission to dig them up, and apparently he would never dig up a child who did not consent to it. Eventually, he grew tired and uncomfortable sleeping on these graves as he got bigger, as he got older. So instead, he would dig them up first and bring them home, where he would sleep next to them in his house and try to hear them speak. If the child told him that they wished to be brought back to life, he would go through the process of mummifying them by using salt and baking soda. Then he would dry the bodies out and attempt to make them into dolls using cloth and fabric to make them look and feel more alive. He would also stuff the bodies with rags so that they didn't begin to cave in during the decomposition process. Then he would put them in clothing, wigs, and put makeup on them to make them feel more comfortable. Anatoly would be charged with the desecration of graves and dead bodies, a charge which carried up to five years in prison. However, he was deemed unfit to stand trial in 2012, and so instead he was sent to a psychiatric hospital where he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Every year, he has been retested to see if he could be criminally charged, and each time, he has been deemed unfit for trial. He has spent the last 11 years in a mental hospital, with authorities refusing to release him. However, just this month, there has been a push by psychiatric medics to let him go because they say there's no medical reason to keep him there. He may get a new diagnosis that is categorized as incapacitated, which means that he could live with friends or family instead of being put in a hospital or locked up in prison. Of course, the parents of his victims are absolutely outraged over this idea, and they've been pushing back against it. One of his victims was a 10-year-old little girl named Olga, and her mother Natalia has been one of the parents who have been trying to fight this release. She is traumatized over the fact that she used to frequently visit the gravesite of her daughter, not knowing that her daughter's body had been removed from its coffin and made into a doll. Natalia said, quote, This latest news about releasing him is certainly not good. I am also very afraid that he will go back to his old ways. I have no faith in his recovery. He's a fanatic. And it will be very hard for us, God forbid, to go through those events one more time. Exhumation and reburial if he again finds the place that she was reburied. My health is failing me and I don't think I can face this. I do not want tragic events. Life is tough anyway now. As for Anatoly, he wishes to be released so that he can finally marry his girlfriend and work as a foreign languages tutor. Apparently, he is ready to pretend like none of this ever happened and to move on with his life. And I always have to wonder what kind of woman dates guys like this. There are plenty of fish in the sea. And to decide to pick a guy who robbed the graves of children and then turn them into dolls, like I just don't get it. 
One of the biggest issues I have here is that he has consistently refused to apologize to the families of his victims. In my opinion, that means he does not believe that what he did was wrong. And if that's the case, it's very likely that he could and would do this again. Allegedly, when he was initially arrested, he had even told investigators not to bother reburying them too deeply because once he got out, he was going to find them again. And if that doesn't just scream, we need to keep this guy locked away forever, I don't know what does. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Mapper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young Serial Napper, and that's all one word. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. If you'd like more ad-free exclusive content, join my Patreon page at patreon.com slash serialnapper. For as little as just $2 a month, you get access to two additional Patreon-only episodes, as well as interviews, documents, and other details on all of the cases that I cover. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer or a grave-robbing, doll-making, mad scientist like Anatoly. Bye.